today, I, uh, I'm going to preach my third sermon in the sermon series, My Grown-Up Christmas List. Now, this is the thing. I have been super excited to preach this all week, and I had, like, I was, I, I knew exactly what I was going to say today. As a matter of fact, I told Tiffany on Monday, I knew, I just knew what I was going to say. But as I started to study the scriptures again, I felt redirected to see, to bring out another point. So I kind of just put that to the side and I'm going to bring out another point that's unusual, and you have probably never heard it on a Christmas service. You probably have never even heard it, and that's okay, all right? You probably have never heard it, and that's all right, but it is in the Christmas story, all right? And so we're going to look at it, and I don't want you to forget it. I want you to ponder on it because I believe it could be life-changing. So today I'm going to continue my sermon series, part three of my grown-up Christmas list. Uh, this sermon series began a few weeks ago uh, because I heard a song a few months ago called My Grown-Up Christmas List. And Mandy, a few um, days ago, sang that song and did a great job. And I'm sure that you have heard that song over and over again, especially during this Christmas season, My Grown-Up Christmas List. And sometimes when we hear the same song over and over and over, sometimes we miss uh, the powerful words that are in the song. And so when I heard this song, I stopped for a few moments, I pondered it, I thought about the song, and I realized how important the song is and what powerful words are in the song. And so that's what we're dealing with today, my grown-up Christmas list. And I want you to notice that in the song, there are, uh, there's uh, several, there's one course, but several verses, and I want to read the first verse to you, and I want to read the course to you, as I have done every week during this sermon series. Listen to the first verse. Do you remember me? I sat up on your knee. I wrote to you with childhood fantasies. Well, I'm all grown up now and still need help somehow. I'm not a child, but my heart still can dream. So here's my lifelong wish, my grown-up Christmas list. Not for myself, but for a world in need. The course goes like this. No more lives torn apart that wars would never start. And time would heal our hearts. And everyone would have a friend. And right would always win. And love would never end. This is my grown-up Christmas list. Now, this song obviously is illustrating someone who is an adult that realizes that Christmas presents doesn't really solve the problems of the world. And when this person, uh, this, when this person has grown up now, they realize that it takes more than just presents to fix the world's problems. Their list has changed because they have grown up. And I'm convinced that Sometimes we're grown up, but sometimes we're not spiritually grown up. And because we're not spiritually grown up, our list hasn't changed. And I believe that as you progress with the Lord, your list needs to change. You realize that toys and things and possessions are not the reason for Christmas, and certainly it doesn't take care of the sicknesses of the human heart. For years... We have cleaned out the cobwebs of our life 
but we forgot that there is a spider loose. And so the problem of the human heart is, is, is sin, and it has affected the whole human race. Presence will never solve that. Good thing, uh, a presence will never solve that. Doing good acts may help, but it doesn't solve the problem of the human heart. And so we've got to change our perspective, and we've got to change our list, and we've got to look at things from a different angle, and we've got to have a different perspective, and we've got to look at things through spiritual eyes. We've got to change our list. And I've said to you a few weeks ago when I started this sermon series that as your pastor, I made a list for you. And every week, I have something on the list that I don't want you to forget. And I want to just quickly tell you the other two things I had on the list. The very first thing that I don't want you to forget that I have on the list that I want to tell you in this Christmas season is that sometimes life's greatest blessings happen unexpectedly. Sometimes life's greatest blessings happen unexpectedly. That's the first thing I want you to see in the Christmas story. And that's the first thing that's on the list. Why is this important? Because if you look at the Christmas story, nothing happened, uh, on per nothing happened uh, that people thought it should. People were totally blown away by the things that happened in the Christmas story. Things happen unexpectedly. Mary had a visit from the angel, and it was unexpected. As a matter of fact, the Bible says in Luke chapter 1, she was troubled by the saying of the words of the angel. What about Zacharias and Elizabeth? The Bible says in Luke chapter number 1, verse 7, that they were well advanced in years. They're old, but yet the Bible says Zacharias was in the temple, and an angel came to him and said that your wife is going to have a baby in her old age. And Zacharias was surprised by the greeting and the, the, uh, the saying of the angel. The shepherds were on the Judean hillside, minding their own business, when an angelic host came to them on the Judean hillside. They were surprised. They did not expect it to happen. Joseph did not expect to be engaged to a woman who said she's pregnant by, an angel, by the saying of an angel. She, he didn't expect that. As a matter of fact, he was so troubled over it that he went to bed one night and an angel came to him and said to Joseph, Do not fear to take Mary as your wife. The wise men did not expect to come and find the king of the universe in a manger. You see, over and over in the story, you will find things that happen unexpectedly. And my friends, there were things that will come into your life that will happen unexpectedly. Events will happen in your life that will happen unexpectedly. Things will happen that will blow you off course. Things will happen that will make you wonder. Things will happen in your life that will make you scratch your head and wonder where God's at. But you've got to realize, just like in the Christmas story, things happen to us unexpectedly, but God is always in the middle of those things. And sometimes God is sending us a message in the unexpected events of life. Can I hear an amen? Last week, I said, number two, I want you to know this. On the Christmas uh, list, I want you to remember this. There are reasons to be afraid, but there are greater reasons not to be afraid. 
Yes, we live in perilous times, and there are reasons to be afraid. But this morning, we have greater reasons not to be afraid. And in the Christmas story, over and over and over, I said this last week, you hear one thing in the Christmas story over and over and over that was repetitive. Do not be afraid, Mary. Do not be afraid, Joseph. To the shepherds, do not be afraid, for you will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes. The angelic messages, the messages in the Christmas story was, do not be afraid. And I, if there's ever a message that is for us today, it's this. We don't need to be afraid because God is with us. He is Emmanuel. He is before us and he's after us. He's the Lord of hosts. He will fight for us. He's the God of armies. He is King of all kings, Lord of all lords. He is our defender in battle. He is our buckler. He is our shield. He goes before us. He's behind us. He surrounds us. He's the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. I'm telling you, we don't need to be afraid. He's with us. There's reasons to be afraid, but there's other reasons, greater reasons that we should not be afraid because God is with us. And you see that in the Christmas story. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Over and over, you see the repetitive statement, do not be afraid. And today, I come to my list number three. I want to share this with you that's in the Christmas story If there's something I want you to remember, I want you to remember this. When you grow old, I don't want you to become cold. I want you to remember this. If there's something that I want to get in your spirit today, if there's something that I want you to remember on this Christmas list during this Christmas season is this. When you get old, I don't want you to become cold. Don't become cold. You say, Pastor, what do you mean by this? I want you to pay attention very briefly this morning as I explore the scriptures and tell you what I mean by this. Now, I want to say this, say it loud and clear. I am by no means being uh, uh, offensive. If you're older this morning, please do not be offended. We are a family. All of us, no matter how old we are, are getting older. Can I hear an amen? I'm getting older. You're getting older. I think we all can raise our hand and say this. We all have something in common this morning. We're all getting older. Can I hear an amen? Whether you tuck it up and tuck it in and suck it in, you're still getting older. Everybody's getting old. Every day, every hour, we're all getting older. So guess what? I am preaching to all of us this morning because we're all getting older this morning. So if there's something on the list that I don't want you to forget this morning is this. When you grow old... I don't want you to grow cold. You see, when you think of the Christmas story, when you think of the Christmas story, what do you think about? You think about baby Jesus. You think about angels. You think about wise men. When you think about the Christmas story, you think about Joseph and Mary. You think about the shepherds, and you think about the star. You think about Bethlehem. That's all correct. But there are other things in the Christmas story that sometimes we don't see. Sometimes we overlook it because it's not Mary and Joseph, and it's not the shepherds, and it's not the star, and it's not this. Sometimes we miss those things. There is a person in the Christmas story this morning 
that I want you to see that sometimes is overlooked. Her name is Anna. She is a part of the Christmas story. The Bible says in Luke chapter number 2, <coughs> excuse me, verse number 36, now Anna was a prophetess. She was from the tribe of Asher, and she was of great age, and she lived with her husband seventy seven years from her virginity. And this woman was a widow, about 84 years, who did not depart from the temple, but served God with fasting and prayers night and day. And coming in that instant, she gave thanks to the Lord and spoke of him to all those who looked for the redemption of Israel. You see, this story is in Luke chapter 2. It's a part of the Christmas story. It's a woman by the name of Anna. She's a prophetess. She's in the temple waiting to see the baby Jesus. She's in the Christmas story. I want you to see some things about this woman. The Bible says that she's a prophetess, number one. Number two, the Bible says she's a widow, which means her husband is gone, passed away. Number three, the Bible says she's of a great age. She's 84 years old. The Bible says that she served in the temple with prayers and fastings. The Bible says she gave thanks when she saw the Christ child, and the Bible also tells us that she spoke of him everywhere she went. She spoke of him. Now, I want you to notice about this woman this morning. This woman is 84 years old. She's in the temple. She's praying, and she's fasting. She's in the temple giving thanks to God. She's in the temple waiting to see the baby Jesus. And the Bible says she even spoke of him. You see, here is an extraordinary woman. She's 84 years old. She's of old age, and yet she's very inspiring. She, even in her old age, she didn't retire. She refired. She didn't grow old and got cold. She grew old and got hotter for the Lord. She spoke of him, and she continued to speak of him. Now, isn't it interesting that the Bible tells us the story before Anna. Now, there's another man in the Christmas story you don't hear of often. His name is Simeon. Now, that's the story right before Anna, and I want you to pay attention to this man. This man was also waiting for the Christ child, and the Bible doesn't say he was old, but we assume he was an older man. And the Bible says this. I want you to see this. Luke chapter 2 and verse number 29. I want you to see this man. Luke chapter 2 and verse number 29. The Bible says Simeon. The Bible says Mary and Joseph brought the child into the temple. And Simeon took the baby, lifted it up in his arms, and began to bless the Lord. I want you to see this. Luke chapter 2. And verse number 29, I want you to see his words here when he takes the baby and begins to lift the baby up. He says this, Luke 2, 29, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. Do you see what happens here? Anna, get this, Anna is in the temple and she's waiting for the Christ child, but yet Simeon is in the temple as well. He's waiting for the Christ child, but now he's saying, Lord, you can let me die. Anna didn't have that attitude. Anna didn't say, Lord, I'm ready to die. Anna didn't lift up her hands and says, I'm ready to go. 
The Bible says that Anna began to speak of the Christ child while Simeon was ready to die. Listen, you have two options this morning. You can either have the attitude that I want to die and give up and go back, or you can have the attitude like Anna, it doesn't matter how old I am, I'm just refiring, I'm not giving up, and as long as the Lord gives me some breath, I'm going to preach the Word. I'm about to shout up in here. Is there anybody up in here that can say amen? I want to be like Anna, and I don't want to retire. I don't want to just have the excuse just because I'm older, I can't serve. I don't want to have the excuse that just because I'm older, I can't be faithful. Listen, just because you're older, and I know that sometimes physical conditions limits us. I understand that. But if it doesn't limit you, then because you're older, it doesn't mean you have an excuse to be not supportive. You don't have an excuse not to be faithful. And you don't have an excuse not to serve. Because no matter how old you are, I want to let you know today that there is no age limit in God's kingdom. He is still pouring out His Spirit upon the old, and He's pouring out His Spirit upon the young. This, come on somebody. People nowadays saying, Lord, I just want to be a part of a young church. Young, you, let me just tell everybody that wants to be part of a young church, they're going to get old. I read an article a few years ago and said that the lead pastor of a mega church said, nobody is allowed on the stage if they're 40 years old or older. Well, guess what? Three years ago, the pastor turned 40, and he changed the role. You know why? Because everybody is getting older. We're getting older. There is no age limit in God's kingdom. A Christian may retire from their job, but they do not retire from the kingdom of God. I learned one thing, that a car is easier to steer when it's moving. If you want to sit on the church pew, that's exactly what you're going to smell like, pew. Because anything that sits sours, and God has not called us to sit sour and soak. No matter how old you are, he's called you to be active in the service of God. Your age is not an excuse not to be active. You always say, Pastor, well, I, I can't do what I used to do. You can pick up the phone and encourage somebody. You can invite somebody to church. As I get older, you know what? I don't want to get cold. Hallelujah. When you grow old, don't get cold. Be like Anna that became more on fire for God in her old age. You see, my prayer is this. When I get older, I want to be more generous. When I get older, I want to be more caring. When I, get more, when I get older, I want to be more supportive. I want to be a blessing and not a lesson. I don't want people to look at me and say, there's that grumpy old man. He complains about everything in the church. No, I want to be a blessing to people. I want to be more committed. I want to be more prayerful. I want to be more encouraging. I want to be your biggest fan. I want to be your mentor. I want to be warm. I want to be a soul winner. I want to be a blessing to my church when I get older. When you get old... Beware that you don't get cold. When I get older, I want to be more teachable. I don't want to have the attitude that I've heard it all my life for 40 years and you can't teach me anything. When I get older, I want to be more submissive.
When I get older, I want to not give God lip service. I want to give him life service. I want you to look at your life. Are you more committed to Christ? Or are you less committed to him in your older age? Do you give more? Are you active in the service of the Lord? Or because you've gotten older, has your heart become cold? Are you like Simeon and ready to die? Are you like Anna and ready to refire? You see, what about it, my friends? You see, I, I grew up in the old church where the old saints took me to church. Not the, not the younger ones. They're too busy doing their own thing. It was the older Christians that took me to church. That's why when I was 14 years old, I acted like I was 80 years old because I hung around with old folks. Can I hear an amen? I was always hanging out with them. You know why I always hung out with them? Because they always took me to Hardee's and McDonald's. Uh, come on, somebody. I knew who to hang out with. <laughs> Younger people didn't have them. They didn't have the monies. I hung out with the, If I wanted to be treated, I just hung out with them. When you get old, because every one of you is getting old, don't get cold. You know, I... I'm really preaching today because I got 20 years of pastoral experience to tell you a lot of people get cold when they get old. You know why people get cold? Unanswered prayers, church hurt, disappointments, frustrations, hurt from the past that they've never dealt with. Listen, be a blessing instead of a lesson to someone. When you look at the Bible, you see people who had a spirit of perseverance. You, had, you, you see people who endured to the very end. Anna, 84 years old, served God. It's implied that she served God with fasting and prayer in the temple. You see, my friends, she was at the right place at the right time. She went to the house of God. I, I love Sister Raylene and Sister Corky and Sister DeCastro, some of our older saints who just keep coming to church in their older years. They're here every time the doors are open. They're here every time and out. They're here to serve. They're here to say, Pastor, what can I do? Because that is the type of person I want to be when I get older. I don't want to just sit down and die. I want to refire, and I want to say, God, I don't want to miss anything you have for me. The Bible says in Acts chapter 2, verse 42, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and breaking bread of prayers. You know what they did? They continued. I pray to God that God would give us some people that would know how to continue. The Bible says in Revelation chapter 2, verse 10, be faithful unto death and I will give you a crown of life. The Bible says in Galatians 6, 9, and let us not grow weary in well-doing for in due season you will reap if you do not lose heart, the Bible says in Luke chapter 9, verse 62, Jesus said, no one having put his hand to the plow, looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. You see, Anna made a decision that when she started serving God, she was going to serve God day and night. You know why she made that decision? She made that decision. She said, I'm going to stay right here until I see the Christ child. I look around and I see Rome oppressing my people. I see Rome bringing high taxation to the people. 
I see high inflation in the nation. I see our people being oppressed. But Anna was steadfast, and she stayed in the temple, and she prayed, and she sought God. She did the right thing. And ladies and gentlemen, our nation, our nation is not very good right now. We all have different opinions of what needs to be done, this and that. But it doesn't matter our opinion. What we need to go to is the source, which is the Scriptures. And Anna stood her ground with prayer and fasting. Even when a nation was being controlled and oppressed by Rome, she prayed and she fasted. And she said, God, it doesn't matter how old I am. I want to see you move in my generation. And she stayed until she saw the Christ child. I like Anna. Anna made a decision in spite of my age, I'm not going to stop. Anna said, I'm not going to turn back. Anna said, I'm not going to quit. I'm going to keep on keeping on. I'm not going to flinch in the face of sacrifice. I'm not going to hesitate in the presence of adversity. I'm not going to shut up. I'm not going to let up. I'm going to pray up. I'm going to store up. I'm going to go up until he calls me up. I'm going to work until I'm done. I'm not going to throw in the plow. I'm not going to throw in the towel. I'm ready to do whatever you called me to do, even at 84. You say, Pastor, what about it? Because God uses people of every age. The key is, is are you going to get cold when you get old? Or are you going to make it to the end? You've got to make a decision that I'm going to make it to the end. I refuse to allow my life to be cold. When you grow old, my friends, on my Christmas list today, I'm telling you, I don't want you to become cold. When you get older, don't get cold. Those who are being baptized today, you are making a public example that you are a Christian. You're making a public declaration that you're going to serve Jesus. But let me tell the baptismal candidate something. It doesn't matter how you start the race. It matters how you finish the race. You've got to make up your mind that it's spelled high or high water. I am not giving up, turning back. I'm not quitting. I'm keeping my eyes on the goal, and I'm going to go all the way to the very end. Anybody can come to this front and say a little prayer. Anybody can say a little prayer, and anybody can be baptized in some water. It's the faith and the determination that I'm going to stay steadfast to the very end. Are you going to be like Anna? In spite of her age, she was committed to the end? Or are you going to lose out because somebody hurt your feelings, because you don't like something? Are you going to be performance-driven? Are you going to be feeling-driven? Are you going to be faith-driven? Faith says, even, even if it doesn't work out, I'm still going to serve you. People have the faith of what if. What if this? What if this? Faith says, even if it happens that way, even though I don't like it, I'm still going to serve you anyway. That's what faith is. It's even if. You throw me in the lion's den, even if you throw me in the lion's den, we'll still go serve you. Even though people forsake me, I'm going to still go, even if it may, I'm still going to serve you. 
Caleb. The Bible says in Joshua chapter 14, verse number 10, look at Caleb in the Old Testament. This is a description of Caleb's life. And now behold, the Lord has kept me alive. As he said these 45 years, ever since the Lord spoke the word to Moses while Israel wandered in the wilderness, and here I am today, 85 years old, Caleb said. And yet I am as strong as today as I was on the day that Moses sent me. Just as my strength was then, so now is my strength for war, both for now going and coming in. You know what Caleb said? Caleb was 85 years old, verse 12. Caleb said this, now therefore give me this mountain. I don't know about you, but I hope that somebody under the sound of my voice is like Caleb. I don't care how old I am. I'm not going to get cold. I'm going to stand up in the face of adversary and say, give me my mountain. Whether I'm 60 years old, give me my mountain. Whether I'm 65, give me my mountain. Whether I'm 70, give me my mountain. Whether I'm 80, give me my mountain. I'm in this thing to win it. Abram, Genesis chapter 17, verse 1, the Bible says when Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said, I am God Almighty, walk before me. I'm telling you, older people can hear the voice of God. And the rest of you, can you say amen a little bit? I said older people can hear the voice of God. The Bible says in Acts chapter 13, verse 36, for David after he had served his generation. He was faithful to God to the very end. When you get old, don't get cold. The Bible says Enoch in Genesis chapter 5 verse 23, Enoch, for all the days of Enoch was 365 years and what did the Bible say? He walked with God. He walked with God in his older years. He didn't become cold. He was so close to God that God took him. My friends, he wasn't cold. He was hot. He was too hot to handle and too cold to hold. Daniel chapter 6 verse 22. The Bible says that God sent an angel to shut the mouths of the lions. Why is this important? Because the Bible tells us through calculation that Daniel was 81 years old when God shut the mouths of the lions. What about Aaron and her in Exodus chapter 7 and verse 7? Moses was 80 years, 80 years of old and Aaron was 83 when they spoke to Pharaoh. What about Zacchaeus and Elizabeth? The Bible says in Luke chapter 1, verse number 7, the Bible says they had no children, and Elizabeth was barren, and they were both advanced in years. But verse number 8 says, and it was while he was serving. He was old, but he was serving. What about 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5, Timothy's mother and grandmother, Timothy said this, when I call to remembrance the genuine faith in you that dwelt in your grandmother Lois, your mother Eunice, I'm more persuaded in you also. In other words, these two older saints 
didn't, didn't retire. They refired. They didn't get cold. They passed their faith to the next generation. My friends, when you get older, don't get cold. Paul Philemon, verse number 9, says, for love's sake, I'd rather appeal to you, but Paul says, I'm aged, I'm old now. But I haven't given up. You see, my friends, I'm saying this. You can't grow old and cold. Don't do it. If you're in the battle, would you fight with me? No matter how old you are, would you keep believing with me? Is there any saints in the building that say, Pastor, I'm with you to the very end. I'm going to believe with you. It doesn't matter my age. I'm going to believe. I'm going to speak the word. I'm going to stand on the word. I'm going to be like Anna. Isaiah 46, verse 4. The prophet said, even in my old age, I'm, he, God says, even in your old age, I'm here. And even to your gray hairs, I will carry you, for I've made you, and I will bear you, and I will carry you. David said in Psalm 71, verse 5, he says, Lord, you're my hope, and I trust you even from my youth. Psalm 71, verse 8, David said, now also when I'm old and gray-headed, oh God, don't forsake me until I declare your strength to this generation. You know what he's saying? Lord, even when I'm old, I'm going to declare your strength to this generation. Psalm 92, verse 14 David said, he, he shall still bear fruit in old age, and they will be fresh and flourishing. Psalm 103, verse 5, who satisfies your mouth with good things, so your youth is renewed like the eagles. Psalm 104, verse 33, I will sing to the Lord as long as I live, and I will praise my God while I have my being. You see, what? my Christmas list. Number one, folks, if I had to write a list for you, some of life's greatest blessings happen unexpectedly. Sometimes God shows up unexpectedly. He's in the unexpected events of life. Number two, yes, there are things to be afraid of, but we have greater reasons not to be afraid. Here, the Christmas angels, as they tell us, don't be afraid. But I want you to look closely at the Christmas story. Flip the page over. Put your finger right in the text. You'll find a little old woman who was old. But she didn't get cold. She wasn't cold. Don't get cold when you get old. May the Lord add the blessing to the preaching of the Word of God.